Shabbat Shalom. I, I brought my shofar. Usually this is sitting in my office, but I thought it could be here with us during the service today because it is the month of Elul, which in the Hebrew calendar is the last month. It's the month that leads up to Rosh Hashanah, which means we are in it. I know it feels like it's, it's uh, looming over the horizon, but no, we're already there. We're already beginning the high holiday spirit, the high holiday season from, from the beginning of the month of Elul, even some people say even before that. But you know, I was looking at this and it got me to thinking, you know, we, we sound the shofar every year and it's a beautiful sound, especially when, when uh, our wonderful congregants here uh, bring their talents to uh, <laughs> expressing how the shofar is really meant to sound, uh, which, which although I will sound this a little bit later, it will not sound as, as good as when Carl does it, I think. But uh, it got me wondering, you know, why do we sound the shofar at all? And so I started looking into it. And it turns out I was not the first person to ask this question. I know, big surprise. Why do we sound the shofar? I found there's a, a famous, famous rabbi, Sadia Gaon, Rabbi Sadia. And he lived uh, about 1,100 years ago. And he asked the exact same question. He, being a, a, a much greater, wiser rabbi than I am, came up with 10 reasons that he could figure out. There are 10 reasons why we sound the shofar. So I'd like to spend just about five minutes or so talking about each one of those. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a math joke, if you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> probably be about five minutes altogether. But he said there are 10 reasons. There are 10 reasons why the Creator, blessed be God, commanded us to sound the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Now, I like his 10 reasons. I think they're all good reasons. Some of them are a little bit anachronistic, and I'll, I'll add my comments as we go along, to, because I think that they're all, uh, even though they may be phrased in an anachronistic way and a little bit old-fashioned, you know, he, did, he was living over a thousand years ago. Uh, I think that they really have each one a lesson to teach us today. My hope in doing this is that you can take one of these, maybe not all ten, but one or maybe two, and keep it in your heart as you come to, to services through this high holiday season and you hear the shofar, and maybe it will be an inspiration for you. So here's the first reason. There are 10 reasons. Here's the first one. Because this is the day of the beginning of creation in which the Holy Blessed One created the world and reigned over it. Okay, what does that have to do with the shofar? He's going to tell you. Just as with kings at the start of their reign, trumpets and horns are blown in their presence to make it known and let it be heard in every place, Thus it is when we designate the Creator, blessed be God, as King on this day or Sovereign. For as David wrote in the Psalms, with trumpets and sound of the horn, shout ye before Adonai. When a king or an important person is, is inaugurated into office, there's fanfare, and this is the beginning. Each year we, we say, who is in charge here? Who, you know, I want to speak to the manager. Who is in charge here? And we reaffirm that it's God. And we do that with all of the appropriate fanfare of the shofar. Number two, 
because the day of the new year is the first of the ten days of repentance and the shofar is sounded on it to announce us as one warns and says, whomever wants to repent, let them repent. And if they do not, let them reproach themselves. Thus do kings, again with the kings. First they warn people of the decrees and then if one violates the decree after the warning, his excuse is not accepted. You may have heard if you got pulled over, uh, uh, you're driving in your car and you say, I didn't even know. I didn't know there was a law about that. Uh, the, the, the officer, this has never happened to me. The officer will say, uh, ignorance is not an excuse. You've heard that before? Well, in this case, there's no excuse for ignorance because you come in, you hear the shofar. It's impossible to miss. You hear that shofar, you know it's time to repent. So you have no excuse not to repent. You were warned is basically Number two, the third, to remind us of Mount Sinai, as it is said, the blare of the horn grew louder and louder. That comes straight out of the, the Tanakh, straight out of the Torah, the description of Sinai, that there was a sound of horns. And of course, every year we want to remember that we stood at Sinai and we received the Torah. And not only did we receive it, but we said, even before we got it, even before we knew the rules, we said, we will do it. And we will listen. We will do and we will listen. We will do and we will listen with everything that God tells us to do. We agree to it even before. We know the details because we trust the source that it's coming from. Number four, number four, to remind us of the words of the prophets that were compared with the sound of the shofar, as it is said, then whosoever heareth the sound of the horn, I told you it's a little bit, little bit old-fashioned, and taketh not warning if the sword come and taketh him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Whereas if he had taken warning, he would have delivered his soul. Again, this is basically saying you were warned. You have time, you have this chance to listen to the shofar and hear the sound and repent. Take it. The fifth reason to remind us of the destruction of the temple and the sound of the battle cries of the enemies. And when we hear the sound of the shofar, we ask God to rebuild and reestablish the temple. Again, this is a little bit old-fashioned. We don't talk so much about rebuilding the temple these days. There are some you know, political uh, problems that might happen if we tried to do that. But uh, it does make me think of that, that famous photograph. I don't know if you've seen it. Of, uh, it's actually Rabbi Shlomo Gorin, who's the first to sound the shofar in front of the Kotel after Jerusalem was brought into uh, uh, the land of Israel. And it reminds us that we do live in a time when we can sound the shofar at the Kotel, at the Western Wall, when we are a free people, more free than we've ever been before in our history. The sixth reason is to remind us of the binding of Isaac who offered his life to heaven. What was Isaac saved by? There's, there's a picture right over here. If you're a visual person, you like the picture books, that's the binding of Isaac. If you come here on a Saturday morning, you'll see it illuminated by the sun, and it's beautiful. There was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And that is, we're told, the, the very first shofar. Abraham took that and, and made the very first shofar that was then passed down this is reminding us of that horn that was caught in the thicket and that, that, in fact, there was no sacrifice, that Isaac was bound but lived. And just as we sometimes get bound up 
in all sorts of problems. We don't have to let our lives end because of it. We can escape, we can untangle ourselves and go on. The sixth reason to remind us, uh, that, that was the sixth reason. The seventh reason, that we'll hear the blowing of the shofar, be fearful and tremble and humble ourselves before our creator because that is the nature of the shofar. It makes you fear and tremble. As it is written, the horn is blown in a city. Will the people not tremble? That comes from the prophet Amos. The sound of the shofar itself is so distinctive. It's loud. You ever come in here with the preschoolers, you'll see when they see the shofar, they all start covering their ears because it's such an intimidating sound. It's meant to be loud and intimidating. It's meant to get you to pay attention. The eighth reason to recall the day of great judgment and be fearful because as it is said, the great day of Adonai is near. It is near and comes quickly, a day of the horn and alarm. The ninth reason to remind us of the ingathering of the scattered ones of Israel that we ardently desire, as it is said, it shall come to pass that in that day with a great horn shall be blown, and they shall come that they were lost in the land of Assyria, and they shall worship with the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. Now we have a little bit of a plot to this list. You might think that a list could be in any order. If you picture your grocery list, maybe you start off with the produce because you know that's the first spot you're going to get to. Or maybe you make sure that the ice cream is last on the list so it doesn't melt. This list has an order to it. It starts off with, does anybody remember the first one? Which is acknowledging, bringing in the kingship, the, the sovereignty of God with fanfare and celebration. We bring in God's sovereignty and we say, this is our God. And it concludes with this story of redemption, of returning to Jerusalem, both literally as we've returned to Israel, but also figuratively, that we return back to our source, our spiritual source, which leads right to number 10 to remind us of the redemption of the dead and the belief in it, that even though we may die and everybody will die one day, we recognize that there is redemption in this life and beyond. That's what we pray for, that's what we hope for, and that's how Sadia concludes his list with that spirit to carry us forward into the high holiday season. Now, since this is Elul, this is the month of Elul, there's a tradition, uh, which I think is rather nice, that each each day or each Shabbat during the month of Elul to hear the shofar, to get yourself ready. And uh, I would like, uh, if everybody here can give me a nice loud tekiah, I'll give you my best tekiah, but no promises. <laughs> All right, ready? One, two, three. Tekiah. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> <laughs>